Welcome to Trifecta Now, Living A Course in Miracles. This is season six, Our Divinity. Episode 11, The Unhealed Healer. Welcome back. This series will talk about the major lessons that A Course in Miracles offers us. Our divinity is our guide, and our understanding of that divinity is the Savior we are searching for in this world. The 11th topic in this series is The Unhealed Healer. This is a touchy subject for some people. I am going to be so bold as to suggest that if this is a bothersome topic, then like all ego functions, it is likely because you need to heal yourself. The book is extremely clear that those of us who are not healed are not able to help others heal. It is the ego that has convinced you that you are able but that is just an illusion playing out in this world. If you looked closely at this without taking offense, another ego function, you will see not only that this is true, but it makes complete sense. If you are carrying around past hurts, unresolved conflicts, childhood traumas, then you have a block that will not make you able to extend healing to others. Healers true healers, are those who have let go of the past completely, forgiven themselves and others for past pain and hurt, and have relinquished all attachments to false idols. I'm in no way saying that letting these kinds of hurts go is an easy task. It's not. It requires a lot of work and dedication to self-healing. The book's definition of the unhealed healer is someone who's trying to give what they do not have. In chapter nine, The Unhealed Healer, page 171, it states this, and I quote, beliefs of the ego cannot be shared. That is why they are unreal. How then can uncovering them make them real? Every healer who searches fantasies for truth must be unhealed because he does not know where to look for truth and therefore does not have the answers to the problems of healing, end quote. It also goes on to say this, and I quote, the only advantage to bringing nightmares into awareness is to teach that they are not real and that anything they contain is meaningless, end quote. Let me break this down a bit further for you. The book states that beliefs are of the ego, that we do not require beliefs to be one with God. It even states that God doesn't require us to believe in him to make him real. He exists whether we believe in him or not. That is why beliefs are not needed. The book is saying that if someone is trying to heal another by making them relive or review the past, that this is not the way to heal. It is when we awaken and come to the acceptance and knowing that the past is not here and therefore no longer having any meaning or significance. Then that is where healing begins. It is our awareness of the present moment as the only real thing we can embrace. Then the past nor the future will have any hold or relevance on our lives. On page 177, paragraph five, it says this, and I quote, nothing real has happened to the unhealed healer and he must learn from his own teaching. 
His ego will always seek to get something from the situation. The unhealed healer, therefore, does not know how to give and consequently cannot share. He cannot correct because he is not working correctly. He believes that it is up to him to teach the patient what is real, although he does not know it himself, end quote. If you are approaching an issue with someone from a place of brokenness yourself, then you will only share your brokenness. You will not be able to help someone heal and make it, and you could make it worse for both of you. A healer does not heal. He lets healing be. He can point to darkness, but he cannot bring light of himself, for light is not of him. Yet being for him, it must also be for the person he's trying to help heal. The Holy Spirit is the only guide needed for healing since he knows where healing comes from and how it is shared. Trust him for help is his function, and he is of God. Only the good can work. Nothing else works at all. You are not yet awake, but the Holy Spirit can and will awaken you. He will teach you to awaken others, and as you see them awaken, you will understand and know what that means. Because of what you have given them, you will know its value. It is the second lesson of the Holy Spirit, to have peace, teach peace to learn it. When you are whole and healed, you will teach others how to find their peace, and when you see it transforming them to their wholeness, the lesson is then validated for you and it confirms that you are doing what you're supposed to do. This is the first lesson I learned from the Holy Spirit. The first time I read this book, it spoke to me. I knew I was to be one of the teachers it stated were needed. I accepted the invitation and nothing has been the same since. I learned the lesson of teaching others and then watching as they awaken as a confirmation of what I was doing was what the Holy Spirit was guiding me to do. It is more than just a aha moment. It's a kind of peaceful feeling that is not of this world. When you teach peace to learn it, you extend what you have learned and watch that transform others and observe their awareness and see how comforted they are by becoming aware. I know these are only words with no examples of how it works, so I'm going to give you one personal example. When I first started to live out this lesson, I received a lot of pushback from people, mostly family, on how I was dealing with or responding to their conflicts. They did not like it. (laughs) Although I was the calm and focused one in the conversations, it was not normal for me to do this. If I, if attacked in the past, I would attack back and sometimes more brutally than they did. I have a gift for language and I had no problem demonstrating that. The shift came first when I changed how I would approach and address the conflict. I remained calm and collected and looking for clarification. I tried to break down the conflict and see it from both sides. I was not condescending, although some took it that way and tried to get me to react. I stayed focused on the concern for the other person. And I wanted to make sure that I heard what the other person was trying to tell me. I looked for solutions and I kept asking how I can help resolve this. 
I was hung up on a few times and yelled at. But then this miraculous thing happened. Suddenly, they started accepting, then copying my method. Whether it was conscious or unconscious, they saw and felt that my way was free from pain and anguish. My family and personal relationships have greatly shifted since. It is a release from fear and a return to love. It truly changes everything, including how you see and navigate this world. This journey is a solo one, but unity is its outcome. We need to understand that we are all in this together, and that although we have a personal soul adventure we have embarked that we've embarked upon, it is still a joint effort, and we need one another to make this journey wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, and unified. Thanks for listening. In two weeks' time, I will be sharing the next topic called Idols of Sickness. This series called Our Divinity will review all the primary lessons of the book, A Course in Miracle, and provide some further details and explanations into what these lessons mean and how we can achieve them. If you're interested in contacting me, I can be reached by email at trifectanow3 at gmail.com. Remember to embrace each day and look for what is good within it. Show your gratitude and continue to seek within. The journey of self-discovery starts with you, and it starts within. You will never find what you are by seeking outside yourself. There is nothing in this world that defines you because what defines you is not of this world. This world has the power to make sickness if you let it. If you choose the idols of sickness, then you will surely fall with them. The idols of sickness are not golden statues or brass Buddhas, but they are our attachments in this world. They are the comforts we have come to rely on and have them define us. It is in removing the idols of sickness that wholeness and health is embraced and achieved. Keep sharing the love. Remember, this is our journey together. Let's live in this moment. It's the only one that truly matters. Always, always love, Denise.